and welcome to Anyone Can Move, our podcast. Um, we have a trio of choreographers here, and it is James Boyd, who could not be here tonight, myself, Katie Fleming, and the wonderful Katie Greenland. Hello! Okay, and today we are doing our third episode of our book club, so if you've been following along, we're doing Twyla Clark's Creative Habit, and today we're talking about chapters Let's just dive on right in. Let's do it. Um, I can't believe this is our last episode with this book. And speaking of, we are going to have to choose a new book. So we posted on Instagram today on our stories, but please direct message us with any book ideas or recommendations that you guys have about art, education, science, philosophy, all of the things. So we're looking for a new book to read for our next book club, and we would love to hear what you guys are loving. So please DM us. Um, I, our Instagram is at Art and Flight Incorporated. Okay, cool. Well, let's just jump right in. Um, so we're starting with chapter nine. So we read nine through the end. And these last chapters are just so good. Um, the whole book, I feel like is just like a challenge and every chapter has just totally new ideas and challenges. And I think that chapter nine, just the, the kind of quote that encapsulated this one for me was perfect practice makes perfect. And I think this honestly kind of just sums up the whole book about creativity being a habit and kind of as a choreographer, we're both kind of choreographers starting out like this is just sort of the beginning of our journey as choreographers and dancers and I think sometimes for me I'm I'm working other jobs I'm choreographing I'm doing a lot of different things and it's not like I can always focus on choreography so sometimes I feel like I get out of shape in my choreography practice and then I have to like jump back in and be like okay it's time to choreograph um so I was just kind of wondering, like, how do you stay in shape choreographically? Like, do, is there practices that you have, or do you find it hard to just, like, jump back in? What does that look like for you? Okay, so I'm going to be totally honest, and I'm sure a lot of other people who might be listening could relate to this, but COVID hit hard, and it really has been a discouraging process trying to stay, you know, active in dance and being creative when you, like, have to stay home and stuff like that, and, like, you have to you know, wear masks when you go near other people and you can't, like, you have to socially distance and stuff. So I have personally, like, honestly, straight up been struggling to, like, really be having creative outlets and stuff. And so it really stressed me out early on when COVID hit. And I, I remember stressing out and, like, being like, okay, you're not, I remember being like, you're not a good dancer, you're not a good choreographer if you're not practicing your art and I remember getting like super super discouraged about it because I was like I can't like I don't even know how to practice my art in my really small bedroom where I can't even like barely do a tondu and I just remember being like super discouraged about it and 
I ended up like reading a book, one that you recommended to me actually. It's called uh, Keep Going by Austin Kleon. Highly recommend, so good. And he was just talking about in the book, like, you know, sometimes practicing your art means taking on different art forms, um, like in times when like you can't really do necessarily your art. And so that book was just really encouraging to me because I was just really struggling. And so I started just to like, keep my mind sharp I would like paint or I would sketch or I would like read a collection of poems and then like be like okay I wonder what this would look like in movement and then like maybe play with it but if I didn't play with it with my body then it was kind of like that's okay like this is just today this isn't your forever and I think just giving myself a lot of grace during this season has been super beneficial and important um so yeah, but I feel like in the past though, my creative, like just how I like stay in shape creatively has been like getting into a space with other dancers and like improving and, um, and just things of that nature. But definitely in the past few months, that's just been a lot more difficult. So yeah. that is, that is so good and so relatable. And I think a lot of us definitely have felt that just that pressure, first of all, like you're not good if you're not doing blah, blah, blah. If you're not making something or putting something out on social media, then you're failing. And I think that, first of all, that isn't what art is even about, you know, like producing and content. And I think that has been kind of put in our minds, like, you have to have this amount of material to show, or you're not doing good. Um, And that's just such a good reminder that like, why do we do this in the first place? You know, it's because we love it and it's, it's something that helps fill us and gets us through hard times. So I think the pressure of it, like, why do we put that on ourselves? Um, Cause it, I mean, for me, it, it completely stifles what I'm doing. Like I can't, if I have that pressure on myself when I walk into a studio, what I make, I'm not, I probably won't make anything. I'll just, <laughs> I'll just get stuck. Um, so I think that's so relatable. Thanks for being so honest because I definitely relate to that. I felt so many times that I would just be like, okay, I need to get something to post or I need to make something. Um, cause everyone else is doing that. They're doing it so easily. Why can't I figure out how to do this? And I would watch it back and be like, oh, disgusting or just not do it at all. Yeah. Um, but I think you're right. Like I also feel like in this time it's challenged me to try different creative things like poetry. And, um, I picked up a paintbrush the other day and, you know, I was just like messing around, but it's just fun to just get out of your head and just be kind of like a kid again. So, yeah, yeah. I stopped, um, like if anyone's seen my social media recently, like I haven't posted any dance related things in a while because, early on I was feeling a lot of pressure to like like you said produce work and it had to be good otherwise it's like I'm not a dancer I'm not a choreographer if I can't produce and I was just like no like why it's like what you're saying like why do we do this and I was like I do this because it brings me joy and if I don't feel good if I don't feel joy when I'm doing it then like I'm doing it wrong and so like in the past few months I whenever I improv like I don't record it I'm just moving and it's like, I'm not going to go back and look at like what I'm doing. Eventually I'm going to start that process again. But like just here recently, it's been like, no, like right now you're just moving because you enjoy movement. And if that's not enough, then like, you know, yeah. So yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, that's so true. I recently just watched this documentary called The Social Dilemma, and I think it's kind of been going crazy viral, but I was just thinking so much about social media and dance kind of are meshed together now and how that approval addiction, like that, you know, that, that how good it feels when someone, you know, swipes up on your story and says, wow, that's beautiful work or you're doing great. And I've realized that how, like, I got addicted to that, that approval. And I guess during this time when performance wasn't something we could do, I kind of felt like that was my way of performing. And I've realized that I have to take a step back and, you know, I've just kind of logged out of my account to be like, you know what, I need to take a breather because first of all, the addiction side of that was just not good. And then it just, I don't know, it, it can, it, what you were saying, like, if it's not enough just to move, then <laughs> there's a problem. And I've realized that in myself and you actually were a big part in encouraging me to just like, you know what, sometimes you just have to shut it off and delete the, delete that, just walk away. So thank you for inspiring that because I could talk about that all day um, <laughs> about how just all that is, but um, there's so much to talk about in these chapters. So let's move on. Um, there was another quote that she was talking about on page 168 about um, this quote. I don't know. It just really got me. It said, the thing is to become a master and in your old age to acquire the courage to do what children did when they knew nothing. And she's kind of talking about this idea of maintaining an experience. And um, I just thought that was such a bizarre concept, but I love it um, about, you know, we become, we want to become these masters at our crafts, but we also, there's this idea, this courage that children have to just try things. And sometimes the master's, can get comfortable. So I don't know, what are, what are your thoughts on this idea of like maintaining an experience? Well, before I touch on the maintaining the experience part, I also wanted to just point out that I think it's so interesting that, you know, like we had talked about in our first book club, like her at the beginning of the book before the contents, how she has like that passage of scripture, Luke eight thirty six, And I think it's also super interesting that she keeps going back to this idea of like, you have to return to like this childlike wonder. And I think that's a concept that's also like kind of found in scripture. And so like, I wonder if she planned it to be kind of like in mm. that realm or if it just so happened that it felt like that. Um, so I just wanted to point that out because I did pick up on that theme. I think she talks about it multiple times where she's just like, just be like a kid again. And you're just like, oh, I know where this is from, you know, kind of thing. Totally. Um, but as far as, um, I'm sorry, could you actually repeat your question? Wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need to get that thought no. out. I don't remember the question. No, you're good. <laughs> um, that just talking about the idea of rem like keeping that idea of being inexperienced like you know we we strive to perfect something but sometimes we have to go back to just that that feeling of you know I don't know anything so I'm just gonna try I'm just gonna you know go for it and I think sometimes that can get lost when you've just done the thing for so many years and get comfortable in the success of it um, but there when you're trying to just make it and just do stuff you know there's this kind of courage that comes with that so um I guess we're, we're just kind of starting out. So we're kind of in that zone of <laughs> inexperience. So I don't even know how much we can talk about this because I just feel like dead in the middle of that. Like I have no idea where I'm going or what I'm doing. So, <laughs> so 
so cute. <laughs> but yeah, but I, I really enjoy that concept though, because it's kind of like what we talk about so much here on this podcast is like constantly cultivating that curiosity about life and even the things you know. And it's, I find myself wanting to do that more and more in not just only dance and creative outlets, but in so many other things where I'm just like, oh, but like, what if I pretended for a second, like, I don't know anything about this topic. I wonder what new things I could find out. Like, I've done that so much with, like, just different things. And I'm like, I wonder if I dug a little deeper because I feel like I don't know anything instead of versus, like, oh, I know everything there is to know about this. You know, what more could I find? And that's been such an interesting process and journey for me personally. Just be like, oh, like, how much deeper could I go if I pretended I didn't know anything at all? So, um, so yeah so just to do that in dance too it's just like when I think about it in that way it's just kind of I don't know it's crazy it feels like the possibilities are endless in like in yeah. those terms so. oh for sure I had this student in one of my classes last week who it was her first class her first dance class and she was like two or three and she was 12 and so she came in and you know most students would be super intimidated or nervous or like I've never done this. I don't know what I'm doing. But the whole entire class, it was like just pure joy. It was like the inexperience of it all was just joy to her. And I was, I was teaching this jazz combo and I look in the back and she's like just jumping up and down and clapping her hands, just so excited to dance. And I don't know what it was about that, but I left that class and I was like, that just makes me as a teacher want to just teach to just a whole nother level like it, it makes me want to prepare more it makes me want to you know dive deeper and mm-hmm. I just loved that just her joy in that class was just it was contagious and it made me think about this quote just inexperienced kind of just erases fear sometimes it just she was just abandoned in that class and I don't know I just get so clammed up sometimes when I walk into a new situation Um, but I feel like if she would have approached that class kind of claimed up and just nervous and freaked out, she like thrived. She did so great because she was just throwing herself across the floor and just full out. Um, so I don't know. She was a a huge example to me, that little 12 year old Sadie girl. (laughs) She was so sweet. Um, and I hope she comes back because she was just so cute. I love it. I love it. That reminds me of the quote. There's a quote on 165, page 165, and it says, confidence is a trait that has to be earned honestly and refreshed constantly. And I underlined that when I was reading because I was like, oh my God, so good. So relatable. But that reminded so me relatable. of that. Just such, yeah. such confidence. Yes. And refreshed constantly. Mm. That's, I feel like, what does that mean? You know, like, how do you refresh confidence? I don't know. Maybe it's like, I feel like it could be a multitude of things. Maybe like doing things that make you feel confident or like giving yourself a pep talk or maybe even mm-hmm. by like, well, I just said be like very weird, but maybe even just be like, I don't know. I feel like sometimes when I need confidence, I can just go up to like one of my really good friends and be like, yo, I'm dragging today. Like, not to like try to drain your energy, but could you like just give me a word of encouragement today and just be like, you know, just so it feels like I'm not just like all up in my head, you know? And like most of the time we'll just be like, you're doing a really great job today, Katie. And I'll be like, 
thanks. And like, I feel like with myself, whenever I do a good job about something, I always pat myself on the back and I'm like, you did good today, Katie. Like that was a good job. And like, I don't know, it just like boosts your confidence. And you're like, yeah, I did do a good job. And so, but yeah, yeah. That's what it makes me think of. That's so good. Yeah, I think sometimes I don't, I mean, I don't do that enough. Like, just be like, hey, you know what? You had a good day today and you struggled, but you made it through. And I think we all kind of need to give ourselves more of those little pats on the shoulder. So I like that a lot. Um, okay, so chapter 10, um, on page 187, um, Twyla was talking about why she became a choreographer. And she said that her reasoning was she longed to dance and nobody was making the kinds of dances that she felt inside of her. And I don't know. I just, I loved that. That was just the simple reason, you know, she, no one was doing what she wanted to be doing, what she wanted to be dancing. Um, so I guess I just wanted to hear like, why did you decide to become a choreographer? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. Um, I feel like, okay. So the first piece I ever made was about, um, bringing awareness to human trafficking. And I just felt that like, I don't know, I felt like there was something really important that needed to be said and that people weren't really talking about human trafficking, uh, especially in this area and stuff. And I was just like, you know, this is something that we need to talk about. This is something that needs to be said. And I just feel like, I just really felt like, well, I'm here. Why can't I say it? You know, why can't I use the platform I have to say something? You know, why do I have to wait for someone else to say what I want to hear? Why can't I just be the one to say it? And so I think it was similar to what Twyla was saying in the sense of like, no one was producing the work I, she wanted to see. And for me, it was like, no one was saying and speaking about the things that I wanted to hear about, that I wanted to be in the norm of conversation. Um, and so for me, it was really, really about that. So yeah, what about you? I love that. Um, I think that I worked with this choreographer growing up a little bit, and she was just able to facilitate this environment that I felt like we were all able to be so vulnerable about, you know, what was really going on. And it was, it was like dance was being used to better us as human beings. And I had never experienced that before. I always just had kind of walked into a dance room and gone over dances and practice technique. And when I realized that you can connect with people on another level and, you know, make yourself and, you know, help each other, become better. Um, I think that I just, I wanted to do that. And I wanted to help facilitate that kind of environment and just kind of help people see that there's just more than just dance steps that go on in the studio. Um, there can be. And I think that that just really, it was a way that I could connect with people um, on a whole new level while doing the thing I loved most. And mm -hmm. It just like made sense. I was like, of course, <laughs> you know. Um, but I think that, yeah, I think that's why I started. Um, but when I think back to like when I was little, because I, I seriously have been choreographing <laughs> on my siblings since I was like seven. I honestly think it was just because I wanted to be a boss because I wanted to boss people around. And that was the way that I could do it. But 
I think it kind of grew into just like relationships and people. So yeah. (laughs) So good. It's so good. Um, Do you have anything from chapter 10, like any quotes or things that you wanted to talk about in that chapter specifically or 11? Um, I just really loved when she touched on traditions and stuff like that. And she said, just because we've always done something one way isn't a good enough reason to keep doing that if it's not working. And just like, I didn't really have anything to super like just elaborate on that, but I just really loved that because yeah, I think it's just so relevant. Mm, That's so true. I think that's true in like all aspects, like personally in your life, like bad habits and just things that you're just used to doing also like social constructs and there's just so much change going on right now in our world Mm -hmm. it's just like we can't be afraid to say we've always done it this way so let's just keep doing it this way it reminds me of the song from Fiddler on the Roof where it's like traditions you know yeah yeah to talk about their traditions like that song just plays in the background of my mind (laughs) yeah I know what you're talking about I love it um Okay, chapter 11, there was a story that I just loved. Um, It was in the beginning about, let me get there real quick. Um, Twyla's talking about this ballerina that she loved to watch. And this chapter was a lot about um, failure. Um, But she talks about this New York City ballerina, Mimi Paul, and she said, She took big risks on stage and she went down often. This is on page 213. Her falls reminded me that the dancers were doing superhuman things on stage. And when she fell, I would realize she's human and hitting the ground seemed to transform Mimi. It's as though the stage absorbed the energy of her fall and injected it back into her with an extra dose of fearlessness. Mimi would bounce back up again, ignore the fall and right before my eyes would become superhuman again. I thought, go Mimi. She became greater because she had fallen. And just that last part, especially, she became greater because she had fallen and failure enlarged her dancing. Uh, that just, it rang so true. Um, yeah. And I don't know. I just think that anytime I've seen someone in life fall and get back up with just strength and resilience, you just look at them and you're like, Wow you rock. <laughs> and I, I know for her, pro- I mean, I don't know about Mimi, but you know, when you fall, you're like, well, crap, I just, I fell. Um, but I think from the outside, everyone watching you has a totally different perspective than you, you do personally. Um, so if you had any moments like that in, in choreographing in dance or in life where you just like, you felt like you had fallen and failed, but it turned out to be, you know, something good came from it. Hmm. Oh, I feel like I have so many, like, I don't even know what to even choose, but like, yeah, I feel like there have just been so many times in life where like, I feel like, like what you said, like I wasn't meeting the, like the standard or like I was below par. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I felt like I was failing, like even just that like Troy, like taking classes and showing up every day, like even though I'd show up every day and I would do the best I could like there's definitely some days where I was just like you know like you don't you're not very good at this and stuff like that and then like to be where I am now and to look back and be like but look where you are and like I don't know I feel like sometimes the celebration is better 
you know, when you've conquered something that was really hard, it's almost like when you have a friend or family member who has like um, struggled with like an alcohol addiction or a drug addiction, it's like once they sober up, it's like the celebration would is so much bigger than like when they were sober their whole life, you know? We don't celebrate it the same. And so it's this different type of joy. Um, It's almost like coming home. It's like it's like coming home afterwards, you know? Yes, this reminds me of the prodigal son in the Bible. Oh, and I don't, I feel like it was in dance history class that we were in together that we watched that, the ballet, the prodigal son. Was yeah. that, we watched that in that class, didn't we? Yes, we did, yeah. Oh my gosh, so moving. Oh, it's so good, so good. This whole chapter really reminded me of this quote um, by J.K. Rowling. It says, and obviously we know she's just a queen off the charts, just the queen. Um, so when she read the book, she was, you know, divorced, bankrupt, on welfare, just really struggling. Everyone had rejected her. Um, and this is what she said about failure. She said, you might never fail on the scale I did, um, but it is impossible to live without failing at something unless you live so cautiously that you might as well not have lived at all, in which case you fail by default. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. I don't know. That just that just stuck with me. Um, I've thought about that quote for a long time, for many years. There's another one, and it's, I could be wrong, but it could be by Atticus. I don't know if you know who he is, but the poet Mm -hmm. could be totally wrong if he was the one who said this, but I think he had a poem or something that was like, um, she feared um, never flying more than she feared the fall, like if she jumped kind of thing, and I was like, oh my gosh, so good, (laughs) so good. I know. I hear those quotes and I'm like, I'm ready to fail. Let's go. I know. It's and like, then I totally turn like, yeah, exactly. But I, it almost makes me wonder, like, what if, like, just as a society as a whole, like, if we approached failure with this idea of celebrating a failure versus, like, shaming people for their failures. Like, I even know, like, just through different teachers, like, there were some teachers growing up, like, if you fell in a ballet class, you know, they clapped for you, and they were like, good, you felt, like, you fell down and stuff, and you're just like, wow, I love that teacher, but then there are other teachers that would, like, be like, why are you falling, and it's just like, what, why can't you do it right, and it's just like, I don't know why I can't do a pirouette, you know, and it's just like, it's almost like, what if we treated all kinds of failures like that, this idea of, like, okay, like, you, you found your limit, you know, that, like, okay, that was hard for whatever reason, like, you couldn't do that, but, like, so you have to do something different next time in order to succeed, and, like, almost, like, an exploration of growth, you know, and just, like, viewing it through those eyes, I just think that'd be incredible, wow. That's beautiful, and I think I want to just, I want to share that with the students I'm teaching now, you know, that, just like what you said, failure is an exploration of growth, that's Mm -hmm. profound, Katie, you better. thank you okay so we're kind of dwindling on time but um we're in our last chapter so chapter 12 and I just loved she's just the way she has have the way she has written this book just like the themes and the consistency and um so she starts it with I walk into a white room and then the very last line in the book is I walk into a white room and walk out dancing and I just, I don't know, that gave me chills. It, it gave me chills when I first read it, and it still does, because 
I think that's the goal, you know, like that's, it's, yeah, it's the studio, it's the work inside, but it's what we do when we walk out the door uh, that, that matters, you know? Um, and like, are we walking out dancing? Are we walking out defeated? Are we walking out discouraged? Are we walking out? Like, how are we walking out of the studio? Um, and that's just, I think such a beautiful mindset just to dance out of the studio. Like it's not meant to stay in the white room. It's supposed to be out. So I think kind of to end this book club, what are you taking out of like this white room? What are you taking out of this book? Um, Like how did it challenge you? What are you thinking right now? It really, I feel like this book overall just really challenged me to like really be disciplined about my creative habits. Cause I feel like I have creative outlets and like creative habits to an extent, but I feel like just this concept of like, you have to be disciplined about these creative habits was really something that I feel like I took away from this book overall. Um, and just being excited about being disciplined. Cause I feel like when I'm in a ballet class, I'm super excited about, you know, like the discipline within ballet, but then like, when it actually comes time to like, you know, practice like in your room and stuff, like I can be like, oh, but I could binge watch Netflix for five hours instead. So I think being disciplined is just the main thing that I'm going to be taking away from this book for sure. Yes, me too, 100%. I think her routine has really inspired me, especially in this you know season of my life, um, to kind of make some things that I want to stick to during the week um, and kind of challenge myself with sticking to them. Um, cause I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good about making goals or like making these ideas of things I want to do, but actually doing them is different. So yeah, I think that I'm with you on that. Um, and just to find more joy in it. Sometimes I forget to do that, that I really do like doing this and that it is, I mean, it's so fun. This is the funnest job in the world. Um, so yeah, I, I'm just really glad that we got to read this together. It feels just kind of full circle um, to be reading it after college. And I, I hope you guys enjoyed reading it with us. And thank you so much for joining us for this episode. So much fun. And James, we missed you. But we will see you for the next episode. And remember to please let us know if you have any book recommendations. But yeah. And be sure to subscribe and follow and like and leave us a comment and all the wonderful things on iTunes and Spotify, thing you can do. Also, go follow Jameson Ross, who is doing all the wonderful music for this podcast. He's just incredible, incredible, not incredible, incredible. Um, so yes, please go follow him. And just thanks for tuning in this week, you guys. Bye.